Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody, on this momentous day in trial history, anyway, <laughs> watching the Kyle Rittenhouse just kind of tore down here. Uh, we'll have a great show, yeah. It's a, a prosecutor. It's yeah. live streamed. Um, this is Chuck and Julie, two straight up, brought to you by AmericaCitizenPress.com and Denver Cinegenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. Um, so, okay, Chuck, to give everybody, we've been watching the Kyle Rittenhouse trial today. Um, Kyle took the stand. I mean, there's so much to talk about. We've got a bunch of sound we're going to play for you. And I want to let you know, feel free, this first half hour, we've got Larry Clayman, uh, one of the founders of Judicial, Judicial Watch, Watch, joining us at 3.30 to talk about the Durham indictments. But I, I have a feeling he probably he's watching probably this, watching this, this too, too. Along with everybody else in the universe. Feel free to go ahead and weigh in. Unmute yourself um, if you're joining us on Zoom or if you want to call in 888 888- Six two seven six zero zero eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. Kind of a nod to Barney. He texted me this morning saying, "Look, I'm not one to tell the talk show host what to do, but are you watching the trial?" And I was just like, "LOL, yes, we're pulling it." I have never in, and I've covered hundreds, maybe even thousands of court hearings. I have never heard a judge scream at a prosecutor. I mean, this judge literally was shouting at the prosecutor. I've never heard that. Have you had that? I've, I've, I've had a Raj scream at me. Scream at you, but that doesn't happen very often, right? Well, no, and he had brain cancer. That's why he was he was so far lost that. It, um, but uh, well, that's, that's the of, only time I've seen a judge. Um, not once, totally but twice. Yeah. yeah, and to sort of bring you up to speed, the defense. Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand, and he's still on the stand. I, I have a feeling he's in cross examination right be now. On days. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. Um, the um, prosecutor, the defense attorneys have filed a motion for a mistrial with prejudice because of the what even the judge acknowledged were grave constitutional violations on the part of the prosecutors. Um, that means that if um, the judge were to grant the mistrial, he could not be retried. If it's granted with prejudice. If it's granted with prejudice. So we'll see. That's hanging out there. My guess would be the judge will not do that. Uh, it's close. It, it is close. This judge. When, 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 the, when the prosecutor got up and said, judge, this is my good faith why I did this. I don't believe you. Yeah, the judge flat out said, I don't believe you're acting uh, in good faith. So which, which means he's saying he's lying to him. Right. So it's a pretty interesting thing. So what happened is, um, Kyle, it's interesting. I was talking with a, um, a relative of mine who lives in Illinois, in Antioch, Illinois, actually. And it's just astonishing to me. She hasn't followed the case very closely, um, only knows really. And, and she's liberal, what's being reported there. And she's like, well, but yeah, but he shot three people, unarmed people with their hands up. And I'm like, no, no, not at all. The testimony that has come out during the trial and the shameful way the corporate legacy media people have reported this have given a lot of people the wrong idea about what actually happened. Kyle Rittenhouse, I thought, did is doing a, an excellent job on the stand, don't you think? As somebody said, he's doing the best pro se job I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, his lawyer, I got to wonder, his lawyer's not objecting very much. But I want to play you a soundbite at a certain point in the direct examination when Kyle's lawyer was Le- asked. Leah wants to know, it's not party Friday. Is this going to be a two-beer show or a five-beer show? I'd go with five. I'd go with five, Leo. It's a good day. Good day. And I don't know how you feel about shots. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, shooter. You know, Boilermaker and Helper wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't serve you well. Good and hurt. Um, but Kyle Rittenhouse was um, describing how he had the, the, the first guy that he ended up shooting um, had threatened to kill him not once but twice and had chased him into a corner and um, had cornered him. And then testimony yesterday revealed that the guy was lunging at Kyle Rittenhouse. He wasn't armed. Are we going to play the prosecutor? In a second. No, no, no. we're going to get to that. I'm going to set Kyle up no, first. No. Uh, and it was lunging at him and actually had grabbed the barrel of the gun. Um, and, and Kyle testified just a few minutes ago that he, the guy was going to try to grab his gun and shoot him and hurt other people. And then they asked him to explain further. And this is some of the most... Um, emotional testimony I've ever seen. If we could please play the uh, Kyle Cries video, TJ. And I was cornered from in front of me with 
Mr. Zeminski. And there were... There were people right there. I mean, I've never seen, I've never seen anything like, it. and I agree with you, Dr. Donna, those are real tears too. Um, Men are not, women are great at faking tears. I mean, they're incredibly great at faking tears. Um, they are. Uh, I mean, there's just something about the feminine. Okay, check this, move on to your point. Yeah, well, right. This is my point. Guys, faking tears is really hard for most guys. I mean, Clinton maybe could do it, you know, just a tear. Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden, maybe. John Kerry. <laughs> but, but, um, that did not come across as fake. No. It came across as heartfelt, and I think it humanized him to the jury enormously. And I don't think that was planned, or maybe it was, but I don't think it was. Uh, but even if it was, it came across as this is not a cold-blooded killer. No, this is, and so, and now to get to what Chuck wanted me to play first, but um, that the prosecution's case has been falling apart every day, basically. But yesterday, there was to kind of talk, when the judge said he didn't believe the prosecutor, there's a lot of reasons for him to think that if you've been following the trial. And one of the reasons came out yesterday when it was revealed that when one of the witnesses talked about how the prosecution was trying to get them, I mean, it was suborning perjury, basically. The prosecutor. Well, they, they do this all. I want to make it clear they do this all the time. Um, they suborn perjury all the time. They say, do you want to change your story now? Do you want this? Are you, you're, don't you have something else to tell me? And, and, and it's a way of not telling you, but here they it were even worse. They told you what they wanted you to tell them. And then, and then um, and the prosecutors by and large, one Shameful. of the sleaziest group of people well, in the in world. Well, in this case in particular. And these, these guys do justice to the prosecuted world. Let me, Thomas, if we could play then the change of statement soundbite, please. To the district attorney's office, um, I met with Mr. Binger and I don't remember his name. The individual who's in the blue. Um, and we were, I was called into a, a room, sat at a table, um, handed my police statement, um, got to read over my police statement. And then I was asked if I would like to add anything um, to the police statement, and I said I would not. Um, Mr. Binger pulled out a cell phone and showed me a video and also a photo, which was actually one photo that I brought today, and asked me to if I knew who a gentleman was in that photo, and I said I did not. And he asked me to, oh, he, um, he said this is uh, Joshua Zeminski. Um, I, he, Mr. Binger also has a case with him, and I am subpoenaed for that case also. And he says, well, that's who that is. He put the phone down. He picked the phone back up and says, who is this? And I confusingly said, like, Joshua Zeminski, and he's like, would you like to add that to your statement? And I just felt I didn't want to change my statement. Okay. And as a result, what did you do? Um, I hired an attorney. And that's Mr. Rose? Yes. And nothing further. Mr. DeBruin, you said there was a lot of tension in the room when you met with me and Mr. Binger and Ms. Beasy? Yes. Is it fair to say that you were very nervous? Yeah, absolutely. And we did have you read over your statement, right? Correct. And we asked if you knew anything beyond that statement. Correct. We didn't ask you to change it. You, yes, you did. 
<laughs> yes, you did. So that's how we started. And then, so today, um, and before we get to some of the judge yelling, you know, there was Chuck and I were debating, um, and I was talking to one of my defense attorney friends, would you put Kyle Rittenhouse on the stand? And my defense attorney friend said, you know, I don't know. At this point, I don't think they have to. The prosecution's case has just collapsed. Um, they've shown, she was saying in her mind, clearly a self-defense case. Um and and then she said, on the other hand, though, it kind of depends on how good he is. I mean, you're the lawyer. What do you, what do you he's very good. And he's I guarantee you they've good. rehearsed this. This is not you have to rehearse. Right. It. You can't just. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not that bad. They, rehearse, they better have rehearsed it. Right. They, they better have rehearsed in particular the cross examination. I mean, if, if you're going to if you're going to go to a criminal trial and, and you're going to testify on yourself you better get somebody who's really good at cross-examination to test you before you go in. I mean, it, it, so you're saying, well, did he prepare for it? Well, he better have, or, or these guys ought to have their bar license. What I think, though, is interesting is it's one thing to prepare for it. I mean, to me, and, and I got to admit, I probably have a bias in this case. I acknowledge that. I don't think he should have ever even been charged. But it seems to me, I mean, he's been on the stand all day, pretty much. He'll be on yes. the stand all day tomorrow. He has not wavered at all. No. He has not shaken. He has not changed his answers. He's not gotten angry. He's not gotten frustrated. Um, and I think that, to me, and I think if you're a juror, maybe, I mean, that sounds like truth to me, right? You can prepare, but if you're not telling the truth and you're being questioned over and over and over, I think the questions and the way he's answering them are coming from his, from a very true place, I would say. Well, so, it, it's a combination. You have to understand that when he says, when he asks him, why did you shoot him a third and fourth and fifth time or second, third and fourth? He did, a, you know, I shot until I felt the threat was over. Now, that's a phrase you're, right. you're taught by lawyers. Uh, that's, what, that's what all the sheriffs say. That's right. all the cops say and stuff. So he's been able to take those phrases and internalize them so they're not phony. I mean, he right. did do them, but he's, he's using the phrase that, that works in law. Um, I, I kept on shooting until the threat was was negated. Right. Um, and so he's obviously not just winging it. Right. He's obviously been prepared, which is tremendous. And he's said it. He's done it in a way. So in his own mind, um, that's exactly what the, what happened. And so it's it's a it's a. I've never seen anybody this good. Uh, tell you the truth. And he's he's an eighteen um, year old kid. You know, eighteen year old kid. He knows the law better than the prosecutor. He knows. I mean. He's done an extraordinary job. He's he just, just done an extraordinary job. The person who has not done an extraordinary job is this prosecutor, Thomas Binger, or Binger. And now we're going to play some of these sound bites. I've, I've never heard this. So the first rebuke from the judge came, as you know, you have a Fifth Amendment right to not speak to the cops, to not have to uh, testify, not testify against yourself, but to not to be silent, right? A right to remain silent. And the prosecutor started trying to attack him on that, saying, you haven't you haven't talked before about this. You haven't talked to the police about this. You've never told anybody this before. And at this point, finally, his attorney, Rittenhouse's attorney objected um, and, and moved initially for a mistrial. And then the judge freaks out too. Thomas, if we could play the Rittenhouse number three soundbite, please. He knows he can't go into this and he's asking the questions. I asked the court to strongly admonish him. And the next time it happens, I'll be asking for a mistrial with prejudice. He's an experienced attorney, and he knows better. Mr. Finger? First of all, Your Honor, this was the subject of a motion. I'm well aware of that. And the court left the door open. For me, not for you. Now, that was just the beginning. And then 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 later on, he went ahead and, and he again, what he was they were starting to get into there is there was a line of questioning about something that was specifically prohibited by the judge. Now, for those who haven't covered or covered have been to court, um, they attorneys argue about this a lot. And a lot of times the judge will say, I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to admit it, or I do think I am, but I'm going to rule on that when we get closer to there. So bring it up before you start questioning about it. But any, I mean, attorney interns would know, I mean, reporters like me would know, you don't bring it up without asking the judge. If the judge has said, right now I'm saying you can't bring it up, we can argue about it later. Um, but I'm inclined to, to, to deny your request. I'm inclined to deny it. So what does Binger do? Well, he ignores that. And, an opening. And, and then starts asking questions about this, this line of question that the judge has prohibited. So if we could please play um, Rittenhouse number four, Thomas. 
using this exact same weapon. He was using it in a manner to try and protect property. No, he wasn't. There's... Your Honor, I, with all due respect... I'm not going to rehash the motion. Yeah, that's absolutely untrue. It and is... there's... No, no, no. Your arguments of record, my comments are of record, and why I ruled as I did is of record. There's nothing that I heard in this trial to suggest that anything's changed, even if you're correct in your assumption that you know more than uh, I did at the time. Uh, you should have come to the court and say, I want to go into this. Uh, why you would think that you could go into it without any advance notice to the court, I don't understand that. And as the uh, defense is pointing out, you're an experienced trial lawyer, and this should not have been gone into. And then the judge gets even more annoyed because at that point, if you're an attorney, you should actually probably just sit down and shut up, right? If you're, and, and Particularly for prosecutors, right? Because you've already annoyed the judge, but he keeps pushing it. And the judge says, don't you get brazen with me. And Thomas, if we could play then the final soundbite, Rittenhouse number five. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I, I was astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I don't know what you're up to. That was fun. Ah. No, and he says, no, you may not respond. <laughs> no, you may respond. I do not know what you're up to. The judge is clearly, like you said, he doesn't believe him. I mean, your, your, take, I mean, your take on all of that. Um, he believes he's an unethical lawyer, and anybody watching it knows he's an unethical lawyer. Um, unethical in trying to get people's testimony changed by tricky prosecutor ways, um, by... Uh, waiting for motions and then saying, well, you didn't rule against it. Um, so I'll try to get away with this. I'll try to get away with that. Um, this judge hates this guy. <laughs> hates well, and, 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 and I'll have to say anybody watching this trial hates both of those prosecutors, just hates them. It's, it's impossible not to hate both of the prosecutors. Um, they are real the slime of a slimy profession. Well, yeah. And I don't know what they think there. Now, some of those, the judge yelling at them, by the way, that occurred outside the presence of the jury. Yeah, the judge, very calm. The judge got the jury out of there before he started yelling at them. But I think Not all do that. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. But again, if you want to weigh in, go ahead and unmute yourself. Or you can make a comment here. You want to call in 888-627-6008. The case, though, I think when you look at it, 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 it really makes you angry. So they talked about you know, initially there was like the, the one, the first person that he shot um, had his arms up, right? Well, it came out in testimony yesterday and then again today, and not just by Kyle, from other witnesses too, and from the pathologist, that that guy had threatened to kill him twice um, if, he, if he found him alone, chased him down. This was the FBI drone video, by the way, that they just suddenly discovered. Found. Yeah, the FBI forgot that they had it. Yeah, sure. um, chases him down. He's cornered. He's got all these people over here. And even then, he's not doing anything. And the guy throws a, a bag at him. And Rittenhouse said, at the, now I know it's a bag. At the time, I didn't know what it was. He still doesn't shoot at him until he said, the guy is lunging at me. And he's grabbing the barrel of my gun. And and the prosecutor keeps saying, Stupid things like, well, I mean, it's like have, he's clearly never even heard of the Second Amendment. He said, well, why'd you take the gun there if you weren't going to shoot your shoot somebody? Well, that's fine. And it should be an objection, though, to it well, saying, saying he is making it as if we, you know, he has a, a right to be right. bear arms. And, and so it's. It's, the defense uh, attorney, I don't know. Clearly, it's a strategy. They're not objecting. But, I, uh, they're asleep. But, well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, they've been getting no, highly I, you know, criticized. I, you don't say the one thing you have to realize, if you ever, and they just said this on this wonderful YouTube channel that you can get. I'll tell you that about it in a second. Yeah. Um, it's hard for trial attorneys to watch other trial attorneys. Because you're, oh, you're, oh, Chuck oh, keeps oh, shouting oh, at the guy. Oh, these oh, other yeah, attorneys yeah. are screaming at him, too. Yeah, well, you can't help yourself. <laughs> and, and some of it is, is unfair because. Even when you're doing a trial, oh, I should have said, oh, I should object. To, oh, damn. You know, because everything's moving incredibly fast. Uh, but having said that, um, to watch 
uh, this cross-examination with uh, the defense attorneys just sitting there letting like, it roll. Leg, it's, it's pretty, but it's Kyle pretty is doing a great job. I mean, he Thank just God. keeps saying, I mean, again, he says, well, I it was to protect myself. No, I didn't feel an immediate threat then. But I then and he said, well, why didn't you? He said, what did he say? Why didn't you just let him have the gun? And he's yeah. like, because he would grab it and shoot me <laughs> and probably shoot other people. And he said, well, the gun was strapped to you. And he's like, he was trying to grab the gun from me. The second person who was shot this is the guy with the skateboard who i didn't realize this hit him not once but twice, twice. Yeah. i think it's pretty clear kyle was vomiting then he might have even had a concussion at that point right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he shoots him and then and this was a disastrous witness the other day for the prosecution the third person um that he shot who he just wounded kyle talked about that today too said that at this point now everybody's chasing kyle and he says they're screaming kill him kill him get him get him yeah. i mean he is literally running for his life. And he says he's running to the police department to turn himself in um, because, because he's scared. Right. He, and, and the cops are worthless, which is a whole other story, but at any rate, so the mob and, and has surrounded him and they're shouting, kill him, kill him. The guy hits him with the skateboard. Um, so he shoots him. The crowd then backs off at this point. Kyle doesn't do anything. He's not pointing his gun at anyone. He's just sitting there trying to get up. Right. And then the other guy, the third person comes in and initially he has his hands up and the guy even agreed with Kyle's testimony perfectly. He said, well, was he pointing the gun at you then? And he said, no, did he shoot you then? He said, no. And they said, well, then what happens? And then he said, well, then I pulled the Glock out of my waistband and I pointed it at Kyle's head. About three feet from his head. Yeah. And then he shot me and that's exactly what kyle said too and then, and then the one of the, the fat diego oh, oh that's the one we saw the da there no and i'm i'm sorry but the cops and the da's have known all of this right and the mainstream media people if they paid any attention have known all of this they have not only set up this this kid who, okay, you can argue about should he have gone there? Shouldn't he have gone there? The fact is he had a right to go there. He had a right to carry the gun. Um, and although there was a little bit of question, could he possess it legally or not? But that sounds complicated. The judge even was saying that doesn't sound like that's a clear cut yes or no kind of thing. There's a difference between owning and possessing. And Kyle was saying, I didn't own it. I just possessed it. But they, they, for political reasons, purely brought this two murder charges, attempted murder charges against this kid. Um, And And curfew violations. And curfew (laughs) violations, which they dropped. And they didn't drop it. The court threw it out. Well, they didn't present any evidence. That's well, right. They didn't, yeah. well, they didn't <laughs> because everybody it. else was violating the curfew. But they did all of this. In the meantime, then the mainstream media has been gaslighting the entire country, setting them up yeah. to expect that here is this white supremacist, vi- yeah. which is, of course, all the victims were white. Which so I don't know. Bi- even- which would Biden COVID. Yeah. He's, I mean, how, what's he shot? Everybody was white. Right. So what makes him a white supremacist? But at any rate, he shoots, uh, you know, he, they, they set him up. They set all of us up to think that this was a uh, white supremacist shooting unarmed black people is what yeah, they're trying right, to tell us. Right, right? Right, shooting right, unarmed right. black people are standing there with their hands up. Don't shoot. Not even remotely true. These are people who want to tear the country apart. These are people who don't care who they hurt, who they harm, what they tear apart in the meantime. I mean, this trial, to me, not only epitomizes, as you said, Chuck, everything that's wrong and can go wrong with the justice system, it epitomizes the pure evilness of the progressive left. And, and, And the prosecution. Right. And the courts, well, not the court system, actually, the judge has done a very good job. Um, but it's it'll change now. Tomorrow it'll be you know, blubber boy cries for over his guilt on on all the things. I mean it'll just be, you know, the MSNBC, CNN, Washington Post, all of them. They, they, they no longer care. I mean they've they've hired all these social justice warriors themselves, right? Um, and they don't. They believe in no truth. They follow no truth. Um, Well, and they want riots, right? They're hoping for riots. Yeah. I mean, they're hoping they've set the country up to expect this acquittal. People, like I said, my, you know, who who lives in the area um, was like, well, he shot three unarmed people. I'm like, no. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, how do you know that? I'm like, this is what the witnesses, (laughs) this is what they testified to. It's not just me Mm -hmm. saying this because she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're a little Trumpy. And I'm like, well, (laughs) that has nothing to do with it. Um, wow. Here's my prediction of what's going to happen. Um, Rittenhouse is going to be 
on the stand. If you're following it, I think they just got through the first shooting. Although this prosecutor is so freaking annoying. He keeps going over the same thing over and over again. Ask and answer. Ask, ask and, and answer. Yes. Ask and answer. Ask and answer. That's right. Uh, often on totally irrelevant subjects. Right. Um, exactly. But I think um, what will happen is he'll be back because there's no way they're going to finish up the direct or the cross-examination today. The way it works is then, so they have cross-examination, then his attorney has a chance to do what they call redirect, okay? My guess is he would keep it short, I think, and go back to some of the key points and said, did you think your life was in danger, et cetera, et cetera. No, they always keep it short, and most of the time keep it short. And then then the prosecution has a chance to do redirect or recro- recross. Now, normally that's short too, but these prosecutors are just, I think they're flailing to a certain extent at this point. Yeah. Then here's my prediction. So that'll take all day probably tomorrow. Um, I don't think the defense, usually when they call Kyle, that's like the last person that they call, right? Um, Sometimes you, you want to have at least a, a, couple, pe- a yeah. couple of people in reserve just in case it goes really badly. Right. And then I think the prosecution will call a couple, they have what they call their rebuttal case. Right. Almost always in my experience, particularly when things are going badly, the last thing they want is for you to have an image of a perhaps innocent Kyle Rittenhouse sitting there. They'll probably call um, a witness or two. I do not think, given the volatility of this and the fact that we've already heard about people taking pictures of the jurors, got to wonder what that's about. I don't think that the judge is going to want to have closing arguments, give it to the jury, and then the jury goes home for the weekend. My guess, and they always have to argue about jury instructions, and that always takes longer than you would think. Um, My guess will be that this goes to the jury, not Friday, um, but probably Monday. But I mean, that's a guess. And I should clarify, I'm, I'm always wrong when I guess this. Just by the way, no, you're so. pretty good at it. Actually, very huh. good at it. Um, no, it's a practical matter. Um, since there is the doxing of jurors, since there is, they're not sequestered. Um, often, if you're the defense, you don't want to have the jury given it on a Friday because they all want to go home. So guilty, guilty, guilty. Yeah, okay, we're mm-hmm. over. It's, it's, it's done. Um, here, I don't think so. I, no. I think I think you don't want to give them the weekend to think. I think this has been so overwhelming for the defense. That, that I would ask the jury be sequestered and, and uh, they continue to have a Friday, have Friday, perhaps uh, Saturday. Um, but I would not. Well, it's uh, unusual. You're right. But it is in my experience, nobody likes to sequester jurors because jurors don't like it and judges don't like it. It's expensive. I'm sure they're the, talking the, about it. The, I'm the, sure there's the, been talk the, about it. Because most of the time it isn't, you know, it's, <laughs> Most of the time, your jurors aren't being threatened and doxxed and photographed and everything else. And so there is no reason to sequester people. But here, there is a question to why you want to sequester them. You want to get a verdict and then you want to let them, I don't know, bar up their house, go home, bar up their houses. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm predicting that that they probably won't even do closing arguments until Monday at the earliest because you want to let the jurors think that I've seen that happen a lot where actually everybody else in the courtroom knows that pretty much the case is over um, and they're going to come back and do closing arguments and um, and then the jury instructions and then they'll get it. But they don't tell the jurors that. And I think because in part the theory is they don't want them coming to any kind of conclusion. But that's my prediction. But again, think about what's going I think I think it's a good prediction, but I think yeah. this is a, a somewhat unique case. So I think it it it's certainly other is possible. Normally right. it would not in the normal course of a trial, with with, it, with be, the sequestering. You mean? Yeah. Well, with the with the jury is being threatened. I mean, right. that's you know that there are not a lot of trials in which the jurors are threatened. Quite frankly, maybe these days. But but, but this is again this is the evilness of the progressive left, right? Yes. That the trial isn't going well. So they first they just try they just file charges because they think they should file charges because he's a white supremacist who shot three unarmed black people. Oh wait. He's not a white supremacist. The people weren't unarmed. The people were threatening his life. And oh, by the way, they were all white. Um, and they're revolutionary. Oh, well, there them, one was uh, a, a pedophile. I mean, they're all yeah. the other guy went Criminals. there with a gun. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. These are not upstanding. Illegally. Upstanding people. Um who, who are also there. So, I mean, I think this, the verdict could go badly, but again, here it's sort of like the election, right? Why, why leave it up to the people, right? If you can go ahead and threaten the jurors, and if you can make the jurors know that things are going to be dicey at the very least for them and the community. Well, as, George, as, as Leo said, George Floyd's cousins on the video vowing to dox and threaten the jury. I mean, exactly, exactly. And what's that about, right? Again, well, we know what it's about. And you know, uh, and you got. I mean, I saw they canceled all the leave 
vacation time for Chicago police in the wake of this. I mean, they, they, I think that they're hoping the left is for an acquittal, probably more than than I am, because they want the country to erupt into violence. I don't know that no, it will, though. I, I, I think the country's I, I think, in a different place now. I, I, I think, well, what they want is, is you know, they, they'd like for Kyle Rittenhouse to be convicted. If he's not convicted, then yeah. they want to riot. They probably um, want to riot anyway. Well, I mean, it's been a while since they've had a decent riot, Chuck. Well, it's it's been almost a year, for Pete's sake. Uh, and this case will go down as as one of the more amazing prosecutions. I mean, this will go down with some of Clarence Darrow's cases. I mean, it's just amazing, evil, not in a good way for the yeah, of pure evil of prosecutors, the incompetence of of uh, his own defense, and the heroic and 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 really. Uh, and this kid, you know, he, he was going to a, uh, you know, uh, online high school and stuff. But he ought to let him. Well, it shouldn't get into Harvard. That's such a piece of junk <laughs> these days anyway. So. But he, he should be a lawyer. If you want to watch, I'm going to tell you what you this is. It's because it's pretty entertaining besides just interesting. Um it's on YouTube. And so I, I don't have the direct links. Otherwise I would type it in, but if you go to YouTube, okay, it's a law firm that has their own YouTube channel. And there's a group of lawyers who are on there um, who are, who are kind of analyzing it in real time as you listen. And not only are they pretty interesting, but they're pretty funny too. And I'm going to spell it. Okay. It's um, Rikietta, I think law law firm it's so it's R E K I E T A law. So if you go to YouTube and you look at just put search, just put the name in right and just put where it says search just put the for you don't have to put the law part in because this it is how I got to it. It's uh, R E K I E T A. So I encourage you not during our show, but I encourage you to go ahead and take a listen or watch if you want to watch it. Watch that. It's it's pretty amazing, and because we'll be talking about this more on Friday. Mark Rest Croft was of all time. <laughs> yeah. So why this get is this is going to this is. You know, the O.J. Simpson trial, you remember. I mean, you know, I watched a lot of the O.J. Simpson trial, uh, and I still remember a huge source of it. This is another one um, that hasn't reached the uh, the notoriety of the O.J. trial and and its verdict. Oh, it's because the mainstream media is bearing it. Hey, listen, we got to go. Hey, Thomas, if you want to go ahead and call uh, Mr. Clayman, that would be good as well. Get his take on it. Get him away from Yeah, the glove doesn't fit. Um, But I think... Um, I have never seen a kid, any witness, actually. I mean, he doesn't come across as sticking to his guns either. That's the key part. He comes across as giving every time the prosecutor asks him the question again, every time the prosecutor says, well, the only reason you went there with the gun is because you wanted to kill people. It's like, no, no this well, is bizarrely it's Second Amendment says you can carry a gun to protect yourself. Or for whatever reason, the Second Amendment says you can carry, you know, you can have a gun, right? He doesn't need to go there. So the fact that the prosecutor is arguing that you only took the gun there because you wanted to kill but people. But it's not objected to. No, I think they should have objected to him. Um, <laughs> Dr. D for Party Friday. And, oh, Dr. Donna, could you write us a prescription for more cowbell? That's right. <laughs> Somebody's saying the glove doesn't fit. And, and Leo is saying took the glove right out. of This is Dr. Donna took the glove right out of my mouth. Um, if we want to get Larry Clayman on because another legal case, um, and we can kind of talk about that a little bit. Too. Well, we'll see what it, if, if he's even following the uh, uh, Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse one, get his, he's not, he's a founder of Judicial Watch and a, and a great lawyer. That's right. That's right. He's trying. Okay. He's trying claiming right now. Um, he ha- can weigh in on all of the information that's coming out with the Durham indictments and the Russia hoax. I don't know how closely you've been following that. I got to admit, initially, I was kind of like, um, oh, they're never going to do anything anyway. I don't care. And, you know, don't, I think we know everything. But I have been both... <laughs> shocked, sad, and horrified, and yet pleased to see that not only we were, were we right, we were really right. I mean, it seems well, to me well, that, uh, you know, once again, these charges indicate that they're not going to go, well, we won't talk. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to be, I'm not going to get crazy hopeful that it's going to go. But one of the things that seems to me when you look at the indictment, that, that clearly this goes back to the Clinton administration, or the, well, the Clinton campaign to the DNC. Now they're what they've implicated, although he hasn't been charged, but one of the persons involved in all of this is the NSA director. Is it NSA? Jake Sullivan, Jake Sullivan in the Biden administration. Um, I mean, this guy. Here, he was clearly brought in to, to um, and filled in on the. Uh, and, and the situation. On the situation. So he knew all about it. And now he's NSA director, which should be give you, make you feel good. Um, 
Okay. Oops. It looks like we don't. Uh oh. Okay. Hey, well, maybe leave him a message and we'll see. Um, okay, Thomas, so he's trying Larry claim and we have, we don't have him. So, all right, well, but, you know, I, we can talk about that then. Cause I wanted to talk about the Durham case anyway, unless you want to weigh in anybody who wants to weigh in on Rittenhouse, 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. Or if you're on zoom, you can always go ahead and comment. Or if you want to unmute yourself, you can do that too. And you can pop in. Well, you can't leave a message if you haven't got any answers. Are you sure you got those numbers right? I do, Chuck. Every time Chuck asks me that, it's like I get them from the PR people and I give them to him. All three numbers, I wouldn't get all three wrong. Um, one of the things that to me was surprising, and we've talked about this because you've been really digging into it, is so we've got the ties between uh, the Clinton campaign. I mean, it's become completely obvious the Steele dossier was completely fabricated, yeah. right? I mean, completely fabricated. The big, now the mainstream media is trying to say, and even Fox is trying to say, well, the big question is, was the FBI just stupid or were they in on it? It's like, hello. I mean, look at the timing. Before that, they've been trying to set up George Papadopoulos, right? With the whole downer, Miss yeah. Food stuff, yeah. right? They've yeah. launched Crossfire Hurricane. So I think, so what happens is I think you have the Clinton campaign. This goes back to what Michael Tao told us, you know, way back years ago, right? Um, the Clinton campaign is not going well. The WikiLeaks is saying they're going to come out with the Clinton emails. Hillary Clinton's got to do something. So they come up with this fake story that they use, Perkins Coy uses CrowdStrike and they leak it to the Washington Post to say that they were hacked by Russia, Right simultaneously, they are building this fake narrative that Trump is in collusion with Russia, right? Right. And then at the same time, and what the indictments are now showing is that it was the Clinton people. Who supplied all the information. Who supplied all the information. And they got the information in in part from their own vivid imagination, in part by just reading newspapers. And so you wonder, you know, who would believe that Carter Page was offered a 9.5% 9.5% interest in, in the huge Russian energy company. And then they find out, oh, it was in the paper that 9.5, just like a week before it came in the report, that 9.5 had been sold. Now, sold to who? It doesn't matter. Maybe it's Carter Page. Um, so all of it, all of it was just deliberately gleaned uh, falsely from- Well, in case it's just made up. And in some cases, just made up. P dossier. Is is the steel dossier? Did Dolan went to um, the hotel because he's reaching for a conference. He uh, got a tour of the room, and and uh, but that was it. And so he relayed that on to uh, Danchenko. And by the time it's in Spiel report, it's all this salacious activities. Well, and remember and- how they did it. They so they leaked it. They were trying to shop it around, and they again the the media has been totally corrupt and in on it. What they do is they um they they leak it to the media, then they turn around and also use the fact that there are media reports about it as partly a reason to go ahead and get the um okay. So Clayton is ending a meeting and he'll call back as soon as he can. Um, and they, so they use that then to circle around and try to try to use that as more justification for the FISA warrant. They continue using it as a FISA warrant, even after they've interviewed some of these players and know that they're lying. Right. Yeah. Well, they know moreover, it's interesting on this um, indictment. They, they indicate that, that they knew that Dolan was the source. Right. Um, Dolan is the Clinton campaign person. So he, he wasn't, Ivar Denchenko wasn't telling me anything they didn't know. They already knew that Dolan was the source. Well, how did they know that Dolan was already the source? That they don't tell you. Um, and it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing process. If they're going to do a wide conspiracy, they would have brought conspiracy charges against. Here's, yeah, people. here's the thing. This is, I think that, that what happens is, and again, the conservative trios does a great job um, pointing out that I think what happens then, so you've got the Clinton campaign working with the DNC, making up stories, right? This steel dossier. And then what they do is they use the steel dossier to start now spying on Trump. Okay. Um, what happens though is the Obama administration, this gets starts to get a little bit worried about this. Um, Brennan briefs Obama about this in I think August it is. And then at some point, I think the Obama people say, Well, look, we better we're kind of exposed here. You've been spying on Trump, you've been doing all this stuff. So then they launch even more the, the FISA warrants right, and they right. lie in the FISA warrants. I think what may happen 
ultimately, is that if you're a Clinton party person, um, you're going to go down. That's what we've seen so far. I think that the closer you get to the Obama people, who clearly at some point had to know exactly what's going or on. How, how about the Biden people? Well, we'll get Jake to that. Jake Sullivan is now there. Right. NSA director. I think that this is what I think. Cynically, I know, but I think I'm right. Those people are not going to be touched. I think Durham is throwing people like us a bone so we can right. say, I told you so. Um, and we can say, you know, oh, how we knew and it's worse than what we thought. But I don't think that. But none of this is being covered in NBC, ABC, no. CBS, um, CNN, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, who is the worst about the Russian thing, brings on uh, Struck. The FBI agent, the corrupt FBI agent. Unbelievable. Well, it's just it's just like ABC and George Stephanopoulos interviewing Christopher Steele. This explains the timing of that. Remember, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and I said, there's something going on here. Why are they bringing this up now? Why are they doing this now? And and now we know why, because they were going to come out with reports that completely discredited the Steele dossier and said it was all completely made up. And they what do they do? ABC knowingly put Steele on saying, well, some of it's true. So I'm not going to say that 100 percent true, but we're proud of our work, our sources, um, and our professionalism. And and this just brought out they had none of those. It's all a lie. They're, they're unprofessional, crooked investigators. Um, and it's 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 amazing, which makes Stephanopoulos, if he'd known that was the, what was going to come out in the indictments, he certainly would have approached it differently. Well, right. well, and this is from our time, and the FBI is corrupt, no question about it. Look at what they're doing with January 6th. Oh, yeah. They are beyond awful. They are corrupt. Need to fire all of them and start again because the supposed good agents will not arrest and prosecute the bad ones. Right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. Mark, you know, we've talked about this before. I get tired of people like Sean Hannity, frankly, of saying, oh, you know, 99% of them are good agents. I, I don't know. We haven't seen any. Yeah. I mean, all we keep hearing about are the bad agents. Right. Um, so well, maybe one will appear somewhere. But, it, it, well, I guess there wasn't one good FBI agent, if you think back. Um, to one of the reasons, remember when Comey came out days before the election and said, oh, OK, now we're going to go ahead and investigate the Clinton email thing. Yeah, yeah. That was because Anthony Weiner, remember him, was sexting inappropriate teenagers. Um, they were prosecuting him for that. And turns out that his laptop, he was married to Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton's aide there. I think I would do that, too. It was an apple. So it's shared. Right. It was all on the cloud. So when they arrested him for the sexting thing, they get in his computer, start going through the emails and they find all of the Hillary Clinton emails. Um, Not all of them, but, but well, they find a bunch of them because remember right. at first they were like, oh, we can't find any. We can't yeah. prove she did anything wrong. And she wiped it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so now they find him and some FBI goes, hey, guys, you guys investigate this. Guess what? Look, we found this laptop. And like Peter Strzok says, oh, we're busy. We're busy. You just keep hold on to that. Don't tell yeah. anyone about it. We'll get to you. And apparently the FBI office in New York started raising a ruckus and saying, uh, hey, you know, we're going to talk about this. That is what forced Comey to come out. I think to try to cover and say, oh, okay, I guess we will look into it after all. Um, Charlene, the cabal controls the FBI and the DOJ. Uh, I think so too, Charlene. They'll go after Hillary if Obama and the Davos crowd tell them to. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to go up to Hillary or not. I can't imagine that these, I mean, guys, just think about this. So you've got this DNC, Clinton aide. It's kind of like the Lincoln Project guys in the Yunkin thing recently with that with the white supremacist guys with the tiki torches right i guarantee you some intern at the lincoln project didn't say oh, i know i'm gonna call up the democrats in virginia and get them to send a bunch of guys that no that was cleared all the way up and down right well, remember Barr um came out and said no clinton's not a, a subject of our thing uh, obama's not biden's not well why is that now, now from what the, the evidence they've given us all of them were a part of it all of them were part of it. You know what that reminds me of? When the f- corrupt district attorney in Boulder came out yes, and said, yes. way before the investigation was over, that the, that the Ramseys are not targets of our investigation. Right, right. The cops are like, yes, they are. <laughs> but but the DA said that the Ramseys are innocent. Remember that? And then they convened a grand jury, and the grand jury wants to indict the Ramseys. Um, and... Um, and, and the DA says, no, no, no. I mean, talk about corruption. But I think this is similar here. I think you did not have a guy in the Clinton campaign just on his own say, I know I'm going to do all of this. I think that had to have been cleared 
I, I mean, I would imagine at some point Hillary Clinton had to say, I'll go for July it. July 26th, they've sort of spotted it and say that's when she cleared everything. Right. Um, so it's just it's just shocking stuff. I mean, if, if you were cynical before, um, and, and what's what is fun is is to go over some of the old sources. Now, go over the Mueller report. I mean, it's very long, but go over the parts in which, they, you know, they, they're just lying or, or their information is clearly they spent, you know, two years, $40 million, and they know nothing, nothing. I mean, that's, you know, Wiseman and all those are like these prosecutors in the Rittenhouse. They're just evil. They're, well, I mean, they're just plain evil. And here, think about this, too. The FBI had to know. I believe what was going on, because if you're the if you're the Clinton campaign and you've gone to all the trouble to put together this dossier, which is based on literally nothing, it's just made up. Okay, you know that. And you're going to take it to the FBI. Well, you can't run the risk of the FBI saying, well, this is made up. This is stupid. We're not going to do anything with that. They had to know. Okay, that the FBI was going to run with it and and help them do yes. their help them continue the continue I, the, the the fake news, continue the hoax, because it all falls apart and they get in trouble. You know, if all of a sudden, you know, the, the FBI says, "Well, Clinton campaign, you're making this all up. We're going to now charge you with various crimes." Right? Um, and Karen Cataline says, "Hey, Karen, wait. So if Donald Trump hadn't won, would he have been robbed of the presidency? How ridiculous to think these people cheat! How <laughs> <laughs> would you ever do that? Assume that." <laughs> and Leah was like, "Wait, we're talking about the thirty-three thousand Hillary Clinton emails about yoga and her daughter's <laughs> wedding that need to be erased." I know, I know. So I think the FBI was evil in. Well, you know, if you just change your Facebook page after they they charge you with obstruction of justice. And so she wipes out 33,000 and they go, oh, that's okay, Hillary. We know you're okay. So, I I mean, there's a lot more coming out on that. And again, I would argue that it points to, there was a part of me, and we've talked about this for years now, but I always kind of wondered how organized was it? Did you have, was it just sort of, were they kind of making it up as they went along to a certain extent? Or was there a more organized plan and was there more coordination between the Obama people and the Clinton people and the DOJ, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that the evidence that we're seeing come out now argues for the, the latter, that not there was the charges. Well, not the charges. No. The well, ch- because all they're doing is they're not doing a conspiracy case. They're just no. saying lying to the FBI and they'll probably lose those because the FBI already knew everything that Igor Kachenko was telling them. Um, they already had. Uh, the, uh, the yeah the real source the PR executive so uh, I'm afraid we're never going to get that kind of clarifying moment where oh wow there's some honest people here there are no honest people left in the world there are too we are and our listeners are honest our listeners are honest maybe this from Charlene exactly Charlene once again the media carried the whole thing fine-tuned when needed Um, and Mark Timon I believe the FBI agents are worse than the original perpetrators Mark absolutely I mean okay let's look at it the original perpetrators are just trying to win an election right from their point of view this is just dirty tricks Um, I'm sure they're shocked like can you see Dolan, the FBI, and Jenchenko? Why? What are you charging me for? You knew this was a freaking lie. It's like you know. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure if you got a legal counsel and telling them that, right? It's kind of like wait, wait a minute. You told me to lie. I came in and lied. You know, it's like what you want me to come in and say? Oh no, I made this up. And you know, I mean, that wouldn't have served anyone's purpose. Um, and be that kind because we only get a few minutes left. I think we are not going to get Larry Clayman today, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll get him a different time. Um, here's my concern about the Rittenhouse trial. I think even reading some of the more mainstream accounts of it, um, they talk about this is not going well for the prosecution, right? And and I think after today, they're going to be doing that even more so. I have concerns about what they're going to change the narrative to, right? I, and Because I, you know they're going to change it. There's no way they're going to be like, oh, I guess he's innocent. That That just won't fly. Oh, um, oh a, 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 jury, a white jury. I think all but one of them is white. That's right. White jury, this is Kenosha, know. Wisconsin, by the way, though. Yeah, well, um, white jury, one black. And, and they'll, they'll, uh, you, you understand, you find out pretty quickly that how you process information, even if you want to be objective, even if you have no reason not to be. Um, well, we've got Larry. Oh, we do Br- have Larry. We've got Larry for a second. <laughs> um, thank you, Thomas. Hey, Larry, um, thank you for joining the Chuck and Julie show. Um, we only have a few minutes left, but can we toss just a couple of questions at you? 
Yeah, sure. And anytime you guys want, accidentally, my PR guy is great. I must have double booked it with another show. Oh, yeah, that's all right. We'll just reschedule. Actually, let me throw just because we only really literally do have about three minutes left. Um, have, can I, if, this is unexpected, but can I ask, have you watched the Rittenhouse thing at all today? Yeah, I've watched a, a bit of it. Uh, I've been trying to work, but yeah, I did watch it. And uh, it's an outrage. It's an outrage this guy was prosecuted in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me then, okay, switch to then the, the topic we wanted to talk to you about, and we'll get you back to talk to you about more, but what are, I guess, maybe just a couple of the key things that you see coming out of some of these new um, Durham, the, the indictments and the, the paperwork with, that goes with it? Well, this is typical. We've seen it before, as it says on the, on the archives in Washington, D.C., the past is a prologue. You can understand the future if you understand the past. Nobody high up will be indicted. They'll burn some middle and lower level people as they have, and they'll move on. And Hillary Clinton will go scot-free yet again. And that's why we have our citizens' grand juries. I write about it in my book, It Takes a Revolution, Forget the Scandal Industry. We will bring her in front of a citizens' grand jury, indict her, try her, convict her, and we'll ask the military to carry out the conviction, because it won't happen in terms of John Durham. Look, he's gone on for years now. He wants to show that he spent millions of dollars and accomplished something. But this Mm -hmm. is typical of special counsels and typical of the elite in Washington. They do not gore their own ox at the highest level. No, and they're not going to gore Mueller and Weissman and all that for fear that another special prosecutor be appointed and gore their ox. So mere fact that that, uh, Mueller uh, et al. spent two years to come out with a phony report, um, that'll be fine. No problem. Yeah, well, you know, they also... They have dirt on each other. It's mutual, mutual sure destruction yes. in Washington, D.C., yes. between the Democrats yes. and Republicans. So they don't want to push too hard. They'd rather go on Sean Hannity and raise money and get reelected. Right. It's not yeah. funny. I don't mean to. And, no, and I that's know. It. I know. I don't that's mean to. That's it. <laughs> what about, and again, maybe there's a final question for me, though. One of the things it seems to me, and I agree with you, I don't think they'll ever get to the top of this, but it, some of the information we're learning now. Um, to me, seems as clarified. This was much more coordinated and organized, and uh, involvement between the Clinton campaign and the Obama people than even I had thought. Justice Department, the Justice time. Department. I mean, any? What do you think on that? Of course, that's the way it always works. You know, now you've got Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, who looks like he had difficulty getting through the birth canal. I mean, his head is just kind of. It's a weird shape. Uh, maybe that explains what happened in Afghanistan. I don't know. He's got brain damage like, like Biden. But, but uh, they, they never, ever get to these people. They leave them, and they're recycled. I mean, it's like the French government. They just recycle them over and over and over again. Yes, and these yes. people have destroyed our country and are destroying our country, which is why, you know, Freedom Watch, you can go to freedomwatchusa.org. In addition to my book, It Takes a Revolution which proposes legal and peaceful means to wage what now is a counter-revolution against the left, our, citizen, our uh, Third Continental Congress, I think it's time to declare independence and, and, and form a new government. Not a new nation, but a new government. And I want to get that discussion going because we don't have a lot of time. All right. Well, we'll, well have you back right, for We're going to have you back. I would like to get a lot more of your thoughts on this, and, and you're just great. So thank you. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate your time. Thank here. you. God bless. All and right. I look forward to coming back. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All right, well, that'll do it for us today. Thank you to everybody on Zoom. Thank you for Thomas. He did a great job running the board there about all of our sound bites. Um, and on on Friday, we're going to have Mark Poff, who was emailing me. He's like shouting at his computer. He said, listening to the Rittenhouse trial. Yeah, he was me. Ian Chucker shouting. Um, and then also um, Dr. Dunn, Matt Dunn, to talk a little bit more about yeah, the Russia yeah, hoax as yeah. well. He's as knowledgeable as anybody on that. So thank you for everybody for listening. Leo, I hope you enjoyed your three beers. So it'll be three beers, five beers, and a shot on Friday. We'll see you all then. All right. Everybody take care.